Welcome in, everybody. This is the week eight recap, week nine look ahead. I'm recording this outside right now in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. It's too sunny. It's too nice sitting outside. So you might hear a little bit of the sounds of the hood. I'm over here down on the south side uh, on the other side of Parsons from, uh, yeah, the other side of Parsons, we'll call it. So you might hear some noise. I hope you enjoy the background. Let's get right to it. Week eight recap. Let's start out with title chase to hundo. A big week, biggest week I've seen in this league. 200 points, beats TDs, 84 points for the TDs. Boom goes the title favorite with the namesake big play wide receiver off the roster. Aaron puts up a huge week and eclipses a 200-point mark and a massive bounce back after looting to Bodzi and Jim last week. And again, did all this without uh, title chase. Chase uh, Jamar Chase is going to be out four to six weeks for the Bengals. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had a touchdown three different ways. Uh, the three-way, very Cincinnati-like of him. Uh, a throwing, rushing, and receiving touchdown. And A.J. Brown had three touchdowns in the first half uh, to get the title chase squad to 6-2. and two. TDs never really had a chance, but Aaron really just hammered it on after that bounce back, um, after that loss to Bodzi and Jim. Tough day for Trevor Lawrence for the TDs. The Jags not looking great overseas, but Kenny Walker, man, look at him go. Nice little rookie run. Another double-digit, fourth straight week with double-digit points for Kenny Walker the third. Next matchup we're going to check in on, Spichemin, myself, 131 points, beats the Bortz Bros, 103. A spicy little matchup between Lucas and Patrick, and kind of David, but mostly Patrick. Uh, Spichemin takes down the Bortz Bros to move to 500 and potentially backdoor my way into the playoffs. Uh, the doctoral titles are taken from the Bortz Bros, as I am now 2-0 against doctors. Watch out, educated aristocrats, this plebeian is coming for you. Deonta Foreman continues to dominate the backfield in Carolina, put up a beastie 31 points. Deonta Foreman no longer on the Spichemin squad. We'll talk more about that later. Damian Pierce continues his consistent effort, double-digit points, a solid 12.6 points. And the receiving core once again comes through for my squad. 19.9 from Rondale Moore, 13.6 from Scary Terry. And Kyle Pitts finally shows up, five catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson continues to take advantage of no Damian Harris in New England for the Bortz Bros, put up 17.8 points. Uh, but they had nobody really to keep pace with the explosive Deonta Foreman, which allows me to go to 4-4 four and four, uh, in the Bortz Bros to go to 3-5. and five. Risky Business, 148, nice week for the Risky Business Cyrus squad, or Cyrus and Reed. Take down Crab Boilers, Tim, 96 points for Tim. Risky Business had no risk of losing this week as Cyrus rolls Tim. Uh, hot start to the season for Cyrus, really cooled off a little bit. Needed a win to right the course and stay on top of the Tropical Treasures division, which he does. Big story out of the da big story for this is out of the Dallas offense. Tony Pollard had 14 carries, an explosive 131 yards on only 14 carries, and three visits to the end zone. Had some catches too. Uh, 33 points for Tony Pollard. Big offseason pickup. Cyrus got him in a trade with me. Uh, the Jalen Bros, Hertz and Waddle, both go for just under 30 points and big, big performances. Uh, the trade deadline, no movement for Kareem Hump. Um, for Cyrus's squad, which is a little disappointing. Uh, hopefully he was going to move to a contender and get some more running time, but he did not uh, see that happen on trade deadline day. We'll talk more about trade deadline activities later on in the pod. Tim really couldn't get anything going other than Taylor Heineke's 23-point performance uh, as Tim falls to 3-5 and five with no first-rounder this year. Next up, the Maniacs Lee, 139 points, takes down Camby Soup, who puts up a 83-point performance this week. Uh, yeah, just 
an absolutely big week with uh, Nick Chubb, D-Hop, and DJ Moore, who finally go off. Yeah, DJ Moore, who, who the hell is that? Some guy, yeah, he's back. He's doing things that the fantasy community loved and expected to see and has the Maniacs at a 6-2 and two record with their only losses to the Immigrants and to Title Chase. Um, big news out of this, though, is uh, Mark Andrews, who suffered an injury doesn't look serious but who really knows what's going to happen heads up there for mark andrews in the tight end position as he's been one of the only real stud tight ends him and kelsey out of kansas city the only real tight ends this year doing anything fantasy relevant so that's got to hurt Camby soup only put up 83 points this week um and that was behind a huge day from derrick henry who had a whopping 35 points that means only 48 points scored from their other nine starters not great i wonder who's going to make a move for derrick henry hmm Immigrants, 136, beat the Bus Boys, 111. After their huge win over Aaron, the Bus Boys tried their damnedest to keep swinging against the big boys, but fall just a little bit short of taking out Lowey. Tough day for Daniel Jones, who only had nine points in the quarterback slot. That's tough to see as Justin Fields had 26 points on the bench there for the Bus Boys. Jason Myers is a huge beastly run in the kicker slot for the Bus Boys. Had 11.6 points um, in making him kicker number one on the air. Just wasn't enough, though. Lowey stack squad rode Alvin Kamara with 38-point performance for their eighth straight win. Devontae Adams had a miserable day that uh, Vegas offense got shut out, uh, but it didn't matter. Uh, Lowey is 8-0, and moving into Week 9 with a huge matchup against Cyrus. Finally, uh, Seaman Christian, 37 points, beats Jay Schwinn. We have the meets, 113. Um in a battle for draft slots, Christian emerges victorious, I guess. Christian, I, I mean, winning is losing and losing is winning. I guess it all depends on your perspective on things. Both teams are now 3-5, and five, putting themselves out of the playoff race, uh, but a little bit farther away from one. Uh, the first overall pick, 1-1 one, one as well. Christian had a healthy Tua who put up 29 points against the Lions as everyone is running roughshod over the Lions' defense this season. Of note, the Lions just fired their defensive backs coach, actually. Uh, Leonard Fournette and Jamal Williams combined for a healthy 34 points in Christian's backfield, and DK and Amari Cooper each had big days at the wide receiver slot. Worth noting that while Jay Schwinn did have a tough week with buys, he did start Deion Jackson, Indy's third-string running back, who had a grand total of negative .4 points, and George Pickens, who had... Zero points, no catches on three targets. Woof, not great. We talked a little bit earlier about that, uh, the trade deadline. Let's go over some of the trade deadline uh, and the implications that came out of that. There was a lot of news on trade deadline day. It was the most active trade deadline in NFL history. Um, and some names did move, but quite frankly, I don't think that's going to be a huge uh, a huge rele- relevance on the fantasy world. I think the biggest fantasy relevant move that happened wasn't even with a player who got traded. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I'd love to hear from you guys what you think. The trade deadline, a lot of people moved. don't think it's really going to have that big of an of a influence. Let's start with TJ Hawkinson going from Detroit to Minnesota in an NFC North trade. Uh, the tight end is going to Minnesota to be in that nice offense. Irv Smith was immediately put on IR for the Vikings. He's done for the year. Tim uh, has TJ Hawkinson, who will have to split more targets in mini, um, but gets a much, much, much better offense. Christian have, has Irv Smith done for the year. The Bortz Bros had Jared Goff just traded for him, take a hit as he loses his uh, probably second best pass catching weapon. Um, a injured Amon Ross St. Brown is coming back, though, but that's a that's a big hit for the uh, Bortz Bros who were looking to shore up their quarterback position as they have Stafford, who has been disappointing, and Brady, who has been in divorce court. Um, Chase Claypool to the Bears. That gives Justin Fields a legit wide receiver uh, to go with the burner and Darno Mooney, who isn't exactly 
let's say top flight. But I think this is probably the player that it helps most fantasy wise is Justin Fields. Shows the Bears really want to evaluate him, give give him some help with some weapons. Bodzi and Jim, the bus boys, have Fields. Claypool's value probably hasn't helped out a ton. Um, probably stays just about the same if you ask me. Uh, Jay Schwinn has Chase Claypool. I don't know if it helps or hurts Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet. I would say it might help Mooney a little bit with some coverage, but uh, probably hurts Komet, who never really got off the ground as expected. So nothing really big in that world. Um, a couple running backs, both involving in Miami. Chase Edmonds is going from Miami to Denver. Lee has Chase Edmonds. Um, and now there are three pretty much talent-equated running backs in Denver with Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon. Fun fact, Latavius Murray ran me over in a high school football game. Uh, we played him. Um, super fun. And then uh, Jeff Wilson goes to Miami. Uh, I think this is reasonably big for Jeff, who was stuck behind CMC and Elijah Moore was going to come back sooner or later. He won't be the guy in Miami but um, with Raheem Mostert there, but he does know, obviously, the head coach, the former offensive coordinator in San Francisco. Um, I think he takes a big chunk of uh, the backfield away from Mostert. Um, Lee has Mostert and Cyrus has Jeff Wilson. So we'll see how that goes. I think it's okay for Wilson. I don't think it's a, a huge, huge bump. Um, and then finally, yeah, Naeem Hines goes to Buffalo. Uh, Alex Campbell has Hines. Um, Singletary's still going to be the guy, and Josh Allen runs so much. He also doesn't really dump it off to the running back that much. I don't know if this really does much to Hines, who's going to from the number two in Buffalo or the number two in Indy to the number two in Buffalo. You'd rather see him go to a team where he could really be the bell cow um, if you're Naeem Hines. I, I don't think it's that great for anybody around. I think this trade hurts James Cook more than anybody. I don't think it's a good look at all that they're trading for another backup when they have been giving James Cook a little bit of a run in the backfield over the last couple weeks. And now they go out and get Hines. I wouldn't be too thrilled if I was Cyrus with James Cook, but that's just me. Um, no trades for Cam Akers and Brandon Cooks. That's tough to see especially as myself as a uh, K-Makers owner. I really wanted to see him get out there and uh, find a new landing spot. And Brandon Cooks didn't move either, and now it looks like Brandon Cooks isn't going to play because he's a little angry that he didn't get moved. Uh, so that's tough for those two. Loser of the trade deadline, I'd have to say Lee. The most certain Wilson trades both hurt him. And the winner's got to be Bodzy and uh, Jim and the Bus Boys. That Fields bump, I, th I think it's a good move for Chicago. I think it's good for Justin Fields. And, uh, yeah, I would say that Bodzy and the Bus Boys are uh, winning the trade deadline. Let's get to standings updates and a uh, projected playoff draft board. Uh, let's get to the standings. The Kentucky keepsakes, we should just rename this the juggernaut division, has 21 total wins on the year. Immigrants, of course, Lowy, 8-0. The Maniacs, Lee, 6-2. I am now Doctors Spichemin. I'm taking the Doctors title back. Uh, that's me, 4-4. Four and four. And then Tim, last in the division. Uh, Crab Boilers are still 3-5. and five. Pretty respectable for last in the division. Convenience Store Classics, they have a total of 13 wins. Um, again, the Kentucky Keepsakes have 21 total wins. The Convenience Store Classics, title chase, Aaron is leading 6-2 that division. In second place, um, Bortz Bros at 3-5. They're tied with Jay Schwinn. We have the Meats at 3-5. And, and then last in that division is Alex Campbell. The Silver Bolts are 1-7. Tropical Treasures, 14 total wins. Um, just one more than the convenience store classics, but seven behind the Kentucky keepsakes. Risky business, Cyrus, five and three leading that division. The bus boys, Bodzi and Jim, four and four, just a game back. Christian, the seaman, three and five and third. And then Megan and Lindsay, the TDs are fourth at two and six. 
So those are your standings. Again, the winners of each division get into the playoffs. The top overall seed gets a bye with the second and third teams playing each other. And then the two wildcard teams are the best record out of the remaining uh, the remaining nine teams. So right now the projected playoff bracket would have Lowy with the number one seed playing the winner of the Maniacs, Lee, who would be the four seed at this point, the first wild card. And the second wild card would be the Bus Boys, Bodzi and Jim. Bodzi and Jim own the tiebreaker over me at four and four right now. Um, with points four, they have 22 more points for over an eight game stretch. So that is very, very tight. Very tight for that last fifth spot. Then uh, in the 2 3 matchup, you'd have Aaron, who's leading the Convenience Store Classics division, and Cyrus re leading the Tropical Treasures division. That'd be the projected playoff bracket right now. Let's look ahead. We only have a couple weeks left in the regular season. I think it's six weeks. Yeah, six weeks left. We're over halfway. Um, so the battle for the 1 2 seed is really only between Aaron and Lowey. Uh, Cyrus would have a hard time catching up. He is three games back um, for the 1 seed. Might get there for the 2 seed, but highly unlikely. Um, the battle. Uh, the regular season matchup between Aaron and Lowey will be in week 11. That would be huge for the number one in two seeds. Lowey's schedule going down is risky business. Cyrus, if Cyrus really wants to get into the one, two, uh, into the one seed to get that by, he's really going to have to win this week. But Lowey's got risky business. And then Jay Schwinn, we have the meets, who is sitting at three and five. Then week 11, we get the title chase. That's going to be unbelievable. That's going to be a great matchup. We're all waiting for it. That is the last matchup um, before we get back into the divisional round robin where he'll play Tim the Crab Boilers, Lee the Maniacs, and then finish with myself, Doctors Spichemin. Aaron's schedule has uh, Christian the Seaman, Tim the Crab Boilers, and Lowey, of course, and then gets back to the division with We Have the Meats, Bortz Bros, and Silver Bullet. I'd give the slight edge to Aaron, who has a much weaker divisional round robin left, and Lowey has to play Cyrus, who is no slouch whatsoever. So the schedule is a slight edge to Aaron. Aaron, of course, is still two games back, but if he wins, uh, and he's got a slight points advantage for right now, but still has that divisional or still has that matchup with Lowey, could take one right there um, and get a get that so that's the fight for the number one and two seeds the third third seed will either be cyrus or the bus boys as the winner of the tropical treasures division cyrus has a one game lead on the bus boys in a 70 point advantage in the points for so cyrus has a solid but not insurmountable lead um, but it's essentially a two game advantage um, the bus boys have tim up in week nine but then a brutal stretch of games in their next three with lee in week 10 myself in week 11 and cyrus in week 12 that's pretty tough they do finish with christian the seaman and Lindsay though so pretty soft end of the year um, cyrus of course finishes with the same schedule in the divisional play but he doesn't have tim a tim like matchup between now and the end of the year he has myself lowey and lee before week 12 um, in the matchup with the bus boys so the advantage certainly with the bus boys with scheduling wise much easier but cyrus uh has the lead and the current roster should be enough to get him the three seed but that is gonna be tight very tight for the three seed um the four seed lee's pretty much locked into it he still gets to play tim and myself in the divisional matchups both of which he'll be heavily favored as well as bus boys and bortz bros in the next few weeks which aren't layups but lee should be able to handle um lee should finish in the four spot if he doesn't because he's gonna go on a run and uh, unless he goes on a run and takes out lowey for the kentucky keepsakes title division but uh he's gonna need a lot of help for that it's gonna be tough so it looks like lee's pretty much locked into the four seed um, and then the battle for the fifth seed, currently held by the Bus Boys, Bodzi, and Jim, who have a slight, like I said, a slight points advantage for over myself, only 24, 22 points. The Bus Boys, though, have a decided scheduling advantage with Crab Boilers, TD, and Seaman all on their schedule. 
Um, Lee, Lucas, and Cyrus round out the remaining six games for the Busboys. Myself, on the other hand, I have Lowie, Lee, and Cyrus on top of the Busboys matchup. Um, I do have Silver Bullets this week, which is going to help, but it's not looking... Uh, not looking ideal with the rest of the schedule and me having to play Lee and Lowie to keep pace with the bus boys. Um, there are three teams at three and five who have a very outside chance, but really only the Bortz Bros have a schedule that lines up with a chance to make a run at either of these teams. Uh, the Bortz Bros still have a matchup with TDs, uh, Seaman, Silver Bullets, and we have the Meechs, which could be four matchups they easily win. They could win. Um, so it might be time for the Bortz Bros to make a move for a big-time player and try to make a run if they're looking to get that five seed. But looking at the schedule, it looks like the Bus Boys, Bozzy, and Jim kind of have the inside track for that fifth seed. Um, and we'll get into who you guys thought um, was going to get in that fifth seed at survey time, as pretty much everybody thought that the uh, top four is pretty much locked in with Lowey, Aaron, Cyrus, and Lee. Uh, let's get to the battle for 1-1. One, one. Uh, Lindsay and Megan really already have 1-1 one, one because they have Bijan Robinson in their W roster. Uh, but the, this pick will come down to be who takes CJ or Bryce Stroud first overall in our league. Right now we have the Silver Bullets, Alex Campbell at 1-7 uh, with a projected 1-1 one, one pick. TDs, Lindsay and Megan at 2-6 would have the second overall. Jay Schwinn, we have the Meats 3-5 would have the third overall pick. The fourth overall pick also would be by Jay Schwinn because that's Tim right now, the Crab Boilers, and Jay Schwinn owns their first-round pick, so Jay Schwinn would have the three and four picks. Bortz Bros um, would have the fifth pick with the three and five, and then Christian at three and five would have the sixth seed. Uh, just some notable matchups to highlight between these teams in Week 9. We have the Meats plays TDs. Week 10, Seaman versus Silver Bullets in Bortz Bros versus TDs. Again, Bortz Bros might be pushing. I think they might push for that playoff spot, so that may be irrelevant. Uh, week 11 is a big one. Silver Bullets versus TDs. Um, that's big time uh, for that final 1-1 pick, as those two teams look like the two worst in the league. So the winner of that will be at a decided disadvantage to get that 1-1 pick and take the ACT. Also in Week 11, a really spicy matchup. We have the Meats plays Tim the Crab Boilers. We have the Meats, of course, has Tim's first overall pick. So that's kind of a wash, but just pretty interesting to watch. And then finally, week 13 would be the Silver Bullets versus We Have the Meats. We Have the Meats has said they're, they are tanking. So if uh, that last place matchup and the third to last matchup between We Have the Meats and Silver Bullets in week 13. Fighting for those 1-1 one, one picks and those high picks. Here's some players that uh, are probably going to go in those picks. Dane Brugler of The Athletic, a really good prospect writer, uh, NFL scout guy for The Athletic, project, uh, put out his midseason top 50 prospects in college football. Here are some notable uh, offensive players for dynasty purposes. Um, third overall, he has ranked Bryce Young, quarterback Alabama. Eighth overall, B. John Robinson, running back Texas, of course, already taken in the Debbie. 10th overall, C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. 16th overall, Michael Mayer, tight end, Notre Dame. 17th, wide receiver out of TCU, Quinton Johnson. We've highlighted him before in Debbie Talks. At 18th overall, another wide receiver, Jordan Addison of USC. 21st overall, Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama, currently owned by Jay Schwinn. 22 overall, Darnell Washington, tight end Georgia. To be honest, haven't looked too much into Darnell Washington. That might be something we talk about later. 23 overall, quarterback, very interesting for Devi, or for a Superflex next year. Will Levis, the quarterback of Kentucky, who really couldn't get anything going against Tennessee last week, but he has him ranked as his 23rd overall prospect. 26th overall prospect, Jackson Smith, Majigba, wide receiver, Ohio State, who was just announced he will not play before the Michigan game for the Ohio State Buckeyes. 
33rd overall, Tucker Craft, tight end, South Dakota State. Very interesting. 35, Devin A-Chain, running back, Texas A&M. 37, Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver, Tennessee, who had a five-touchdown performance against Alabama. 39, and falling quickly, Kayshawn Boutte, wide receiver, LSU. Of course, already taken by Jay Schwinn in the Debbie. 43 overall, Zach Evans, running back out of Ole Miss. He is on my Debbie roster. Two quarterbacks here, uh, Tanner McKee and Hooker, uh, Hendon Hooker, quarterback from Stanford and quarterback for Tennessee at 44 and 46 overall. And then finally, to round out the top 50, Rasheed Rice, wide receiver from SMU. So there are some names to keep there as Dane Brugler just released his top 50. Uh, survey time. We did a preseason survey, and I wanted to check back in with some of the results and see where we are at now compared to where we thought we were at the beginning of the year as a league. Uh, one of the biggest ones was... Uh, who will win the league preseason unanimous except for christian who voted for christian <laughs> was aaron won unanimously um and now it's a, it's still aaron heavy but it's 77 percent aaron 22 percent lowey so um lowey's picking up some votes there still heavily aaron is predicted to win the league but lowey definitely uh picking up some votes who will finish last in the league we had a preseason we had 50% of the vote going to TDs, um, and then one vote each for Lee, Christian, Jay Schwinn, and the Silver Bullets, Alex Campbell. Now, TDs is upping their lead, and it's it's consolidating. It's up to 66% of the vote, um, and then the other 33% going to Alex Campbell and the Silver Bullets. So those two are at the bottom right now. They have it a Week 11 matchup. That's going to be big, but only votes for TDs, Lindsey and Megan, and the Silver Bullets, Alex Campbell. Surprise season in a good way. Only two people received votes for this. Uh, Two-thirds of the vote went to Cyrus um, and Reed. Risky business. I think that's pretty fair. And then a third of the vote went to Lee. Lee is 6-2 and two with his only losses of the year being to Aaron and uh, to Lowey. That's pretty pretty damn good season so far. Surprise season in a bad way. 33% of the vote going to Silver Bullets and Alex Campbell, who is dead last in the league at 1-7. 22% of the vote going to Bortz Bros. And then a vote for Jay Schwinn, a vote for Christian, and a vote for Tim. Just one, though? Interesting. Okay. All righty. Um, who should be tanking preseason-wise? We had 22% going to the Bortz Bros, 22% uh, for Silver Bullets, and then one vote for Lowey and Jay Schwinn. Um, now Tim is up to 33% of the vote. Bortz Bros holding steady with that 22% that they had preseason, 22% of the vote for me for tanking, and one single vote for Silver Bullets and Bodzi and Jim, the bus boys, find that interesting as they're holding on to the last playoff spot, and I'm pretty sure it's obvious that Silver Bullets is tanking, they are 1-7. Um, who will make the playoffs? This was a, a great vote, they're very interesting to see. Like I said earlier, Lee, Lowey, Aaron, and Cyrus all received 100% of the vote. Everybody thinks they're getting in, as do I, obviously. I was one of the voters. Um, the fifth spot, heavily favoring, though, the Bus Boys, Bodzi, and Jim. 78% of people think they're going to be the last team to get in. And then there was one vote for myself. And then one vote each for Alex Campbell and one vote for Christian to make that final playoff spot. I think those are a little bit of a joke vote, obviously, because I don't see that happening anytime soon. Best in-season move so far. Um, we had four options, and the when it, and there was four big trades really, and then or three or four tr big transactions. Forty-four percent um, for Doctor Spichemin, myself getting Justin Herbert, a tie at twenty-two percent with Christian's return for Herbert, which was two first Josh Jacobs, 
David Carr, or Derek Carr, sorry, and Zamir White. And then that tie also with Tim for getting Davis Mills, a first and second rounder for Zach Ertz and Deontay Johnson. Only one person voted uh, for Aaron that that was the best move of the season so far. I wonder if that was Aaron voting for himself for that Zach Ertz, Deontay Johnson return. But Zach Ertz is tight end three, not been bad. Finally, disappointing first rounder. Uh, 60% of the vote goes to Sky Moore, who has not played very well. And when he has played, he's fumbled and not looked very good. 29% to Tyrion Davis-Price and 12% to Jamison Williams, who is hurt. Very interesting. Sky Moore and Tyrion Davis-Price each got a vote for who people thought would be the best rookie first rounder of the year. So um, pretty tough to see that, especially for Sky Moore owner TDs. Alrighty, guys, let's get to our week nine preview before we get out of here. Um, big matchup, massive matchup. One of the few opportunities left for Lowey to fall. Actually, the immigrants, Lowey, 8-0, taking on risky business, Cyrus at 5-3. No Tony Pollard for Cyrus, but that means Lowey is then missing C.D. Lamb as the Cowboys' high-powered offense is off at the wrong time. James Con uh, Connor may or may not play this week, which means Cyrus running back is a little bit dicey, um, as he also has Alexander Madison currently playing, but did just pick up Deonta Foreman in a trade with myself, uh, so that should help. Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones have super favorable matchups for Lowey this week. Um, Kamara uh, for Lowey and Justin Tucker for Cyrus both play on Monday night and a game that could come down to Monday night football, so Cyrus is going to be hoping to take a sizable lead into Monday night because Kamara can always go off. Um, that'll be a fun one to watch down to the wire. One of the last chances that Lowey has of actually losing Next one, we got Bus Boys, Bodzi, and Jim, 4-4, four and four, taking on Tim, the Crab Boilers. This is a big matchup for the Bus Boys, who have Dr. Spichemin nipping at their heels for the final playoff spot. A quick glance, and you'd think the Bus Boys would be fine, but they are without Russell Wilson and Daniel Jones at quarterback, Zeke and Melvin Gordon at running back, and no George Kittle as well. Could be a bi-week hellscape that gives Tim a chance to climb to 4-5 and five and drag the Bus Boys further away from the playoffs. Like I said, I am nipping at their heels in the playoffs, just 22 points behind them in the tiebreaker. I take on Silver Bullets, Alex Campbell at 1-7. After a big uh, win, though, I tend to fuck it up. So we'll see. I had a big win last week. It's just up my alley to blow this to a floundering 1-7 team. So congratulations, Alex, on your second one of the year, as you will most likely beat me. Um, I have no bye week issues. Alex is without Court and Sullen, but it won't matter if history is any indication. Lee, the Maniacs, 6-2, taking on the Bortz Bros, 3-5. This has to be the week that the Maniacs quarterback issues come back to haunt them, right? <laughs> no Kenny Pickett. Mac Jones is not good at football, and Jameis is still not playing. Also, the Maniacs are without stud running back Nick Chubb, who's on a bye week, and Jerry Judy, who just had a nice week eight but is also off. Um, the Bortz Bros have a clean bye week and can climb into the playoff fringe discussion with an upset win here over Lee. Look for Lee. This could be a tough one for him. Again, he's only lost to Lowey and Aaron, so that could be interesting. We have a, uh, a tank duel, one of many that we'll see down the stretch. I'm calling these tank duels. Uh, we have the meet three and five, taking on TDs two and six. Some notable bye week victims, but both of these teams are happy to play third stringers. <laughs> Deion Jackson, cough, cough, Jay Schwinn. Um, who will get the valuable L this week between TDs and Jay Schwinn? That'll be interesting. Finally, uh, Aaron, title chase, Mernon, take on the Seaman with Christian at Three and five. Aaron, of course, is six and two. This will, in all likelihood, uh, help Christian in the race to the bottom. Aaron's squad stacked, and even with Saquon and CMC on a bye, he should roll to seven and two. 
All right, guys, that was the pod for this week. Thanks uh, for going along with it. Hope you enjoyed the survey results and uh, a look at the playoff ahead, some of the playoff projections. No interview with Tim as he continues to dog me, but I think we got to have him uh, for next week. And, uh, yeah, hope you enjoy the beautiful weather that we're having here in Central Ohio and hope you enjoy week nine. Talk to you later.